I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm Ryan Murphy, hosting this fine week. And joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? It's very good. And I am very excited to talk about our news headlines. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. We're going to talk about Walking Dead Telltale final season. We're going to do a spoiler here, and that's our topic for the night. And I'm sure it's going to end and I'm going to hate it. And I don't, I'm not going to like the way they do anything. <laughs> and that's fine because it's telltale. But I can't wait to talk about this news. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're not going to be talking about The Walking Dead Season 9 that just wrapped up. We're going to be talking about that on the next episode, mid-April. And I'm thinking we might have a guest. We didn't talk about this pre-show. But uh, Jocelyn Moffat, or sorry, Jocelyn Kearney, of the Gamers Inn, we were talking. Actually, we talked for about an hour before we recorded Gamers Inn last week about Walking Dead, and uh, I know she's been itching to come on and talk about it. So we we might have a uh, we might have a guest on our next episode to talk about the Walking Dead, uh, Lou. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're you're still watching those episodes, right? Yes, mm-hmm. actually, I'm about three episodes behind, four episodes behind, oh. and I'm on vacation next week, so I know what I'm going to be doing with my vacation. Well, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I think there's some some good stuff in there worth discussing. We're not going to get into it tonight. Uh, I don't want to open that can of worms, especially if you haven't seen it yet, but we do have lots of news. It's kind of in a crazy week, and not going to lie, a lot of these news, the, these news items, uh, I'd say three quarters of them are really cool and worth discussing. You and be they the judge all sh- of which one is not. And they all showed up, like, literally in, like, the last 72 hours. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, so first up, we have the, a trailer for a new zombie comedy film, not Zombieland 2, but Bill Murray is in it. It's called The Dead Don't Die. It's a film by Jim Jarmusk. That means nothing to me. Does it mean anything okay. to you? Uh, I, 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 I'm not a huge fan of Jim Jarmusk. Uh, I, I, I like a couple of his films. He's he's a very artsy indie guy. Uh, and, he, I, and his films are fine. I got nothing against them. I'm just not a huge fan. And I heard about this movie probably six months to a year ago mm-hmm. that it was in filming. And I heard who some of the cast was. And I went, I have some, I have some interest in this. I'm going to wait for a trailer. And I won't lie. This trailer made me literally start dancing. It's so good. I'm excited. So uh, actors in the film, actors and actresses, we've got Bill Murray, Adam Driver. They play the two main cops that we see in the trailer. Selena Gomez, Chloe Savigny, who I'm I'm guessing because she's getting a name here, she's the other, she's the female cop. I don't know her. Yes, yes she is. Uh, you got Tilda Swinton giving a, giving a, now is she Scottish? She's not Scottish, right? Cause she's, she's doing, British. Okay, because she's doing a Scottish accent in this film. It's uh, it's pretty good. Steve Buscemi, and then we got freak, uh, musicians that they got in this thing. Um, Tom Waits, Iggy Pop, and Wu-Tang Clan's RZA. And it looks like Iggy Pop is playing a zombie. Yeah, he's a zombie in the trailer pretty much the whole time. I think that's his, his stick. And, oh, and Danny Glover. I can't believe that's not in the rundown. Uh, yeah. Danny Glover's in there as well, even though he's in the thumbnail. Um, yeah, th- this looks like a... Um, kind of a com- it's it's like a satirical it, comedy or something not satirical looks, but it looks like it's trying to take a page out of um Zombieland. Yes. And I like that because nobody has tried that since Zombieland. Or when they do it's too on the nose. And this seems to not be too on the nose. This seems to know exactly what it what it is, mm-hmm. exactly how to play the humor. Uh, I'm hoping that as a full film, it keeps the humor I saw in this trailer. But I'm officially super excited. Just give me Bill Murray in a cop uniform and a shotgun wandering through a cemetery shooting zombies, and I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks good. It's 
you've got small town cops tasked with fighting back against the undead. Not a huge synopsis there, but we do see Swinton with a katana, and you got Iggy Pop, who's, like you said, playing a zombie. And it's going to be a feature-length zombie comedy out June 14th, a wide release. So it's going to be in theaters uh, thanks to Focus Features. And, and, and yeah, it looks I, great. As as someone who frequently goes to the movies, this is going to be a movie that is only in theaters for one week. So opening weekend, get your tickets because it will probably be gone the following weekend. Indie, little indie movies like this don't last. Although little indie movies do tend to come out uh, for rental or Blu-ray much sooner out of out of theaters, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, nope, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this. This comes out in June. I wouldn't be surprised if by August we see this showing up on your streaming service. Cool. Well, I can't wait because Adam Driver and his ability to say ghouls, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the price of admission right there. It's perfect. It's amazing. And I know you recommended Logan Lucky because uh, I said the only films I know Adam Driver from that I've seen him in are the Star Wars films. And he just seems like such a great actor and, and, a, and a funny guy. I, I haven't seen Girls. I know he's in Girls. Um, but you suggested Logan Lucky, not a zombie film, yes. but, but a not film. a zombie film. It's a heist film. Yeah, uh, it's done by the director of o- the Ocean's Eleven movies. Ooh, well, let's talk about a film that I am calling the the fourth worst story we're going to talk about. Or the wait, no, the worst story we're going to talk about. I did that. Wrong. Are you talking? Are you kidding me? I was so excited for this. It's going to be bad, but it's... I'm so excited for no! this. No, like this is the problem with zombie content. You, you can't shit all over Walking Dead and then watch this and be like, I'm so stoked. It's Dolph Lundgren in a shitty zombie movie called Dead Trigger. It no, looks no, no. terrible. Oh, it looks absolutely terrible. But do you know why I'm excited for this? Okay, go ahead. Because it's being produced by Saban Entertainment. Meaning that this is not what it appears to be. This is a teenager kids movie. What's Saban? Saban owns Power Rangers. Oh, okay. (laughs) So this is being produced by the same people who produced Power Rangers. So that tells you exactly what you're in for. It's not going to be good. So it's called Dead Trigger. It's got Dolph Lundgren as one of the main actors. It's out May 3rd in theaters and on demand. This is what I'm talking about. This year seems to be the return of zombies, and this is the problem with zombies coming back as a genre. It's not like superheroes. You have like a sli- it's not like a sliding scale of good to not so good to really, you know, to kind of bad. Because but they're like with zombies it's like you've got good, you've got really good, and then you just got utter shit. This looks terrible, man. This looks te- I'm not going to lie. This looks terrible, but I'm going to watch every minute of it cuz it's Dolph Lundgren. Cool. Well, you report back cuz I I think this is a good year for zombies and the fact that this one's coming out so close to uh The Dead Don't Die, uh I will be skipping over What was it called? Dolph Lundgren takes on zombies. I don't know. D- Dead Trigger. I'm glad you're and, excited. Oh, oh, and the reason it's called Dead Trick following Dolph Lundgren into the world. They're called Dead Triggers. Sorry, That's, you went you went all robot to repeat that. I said the reason it is called Dead Trigger is because that's apparently what Dolph Lundgren calls all the children that are following him out into the zombie apocalypse. I can't believe I have to argue the merits of the whispers with you and you are <laughs> excited about this. Take note, listeners, before next episode. Okay. I, I'm excited that you're excited. And I, I want to hear I, more I, about I, it. I'm not telling you that this is epic and I'm going to love every minute. I'm probably going to hate this movie, but it's going to be fun to watch. True. And at least at least it is a, a movie. Oh, comic book. I'm not going uh, to... This does not look like it's going to be a movie I walk away from where I go, Ugh, I'm so depressed. <laughs> that That's not what I'm... I'm going to walk away from this going yep i just got to watch a bunch of kids shoot zombies for 90 minutes and i didn't care about the plot that's fine yeah no that's good i'm glad i'm glad you're excited it's garbage but at least it's well done garbage it doesn't look like they cheaped out on special effects it doesn't look like we're it doesn't look like we're getting something made with a with a with a with a shaky cam that someone was carrying around in their backpack, like some of the garbage we've watched for this show. You're right. I will give you that. The effects do look good. It's uh, it, it's got that going for it. So it it does have that attention to detail. You're right. Um, let's look at some less concrete news, but still exciting to to um, 
think about. You've got Capcom, or sorry, a rumor of a Resident Evil 3 remake with a release date that's been leaked, and the fact that it's not being developed by Capcom. Lou, what are your thoughts on a Resident Evil 3 remake after we've played the phenomenal Resident Evil 2 remake? I'm excited. I don't care that it's not an in-house studio by Capcom. Mm -hmm. Uh, From what I understand is the rumor is that Capcom has given whoever they've given the rights to the engine, uh, the assets, and all the stuff they used to make Resident Evil 2. So really, whoever took this just needs to follow the same guidelines. And as long as they don't mess with the mechanics or mess with the style of game and try and make something more actiony, I think this is going to be successful. Yeah. Well, Resident I don't Evil... know. If, I I don't know if it'll be as good as the two remake, mm-hmm. but I think it's gonna. I think it will stand. I think it will stand on its own. I'm not gonna tell you I'm gonna love it or I expect to love it, but I'm hopeful for this. Yeah. No, I I'm excited because I really liked Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Two and Three were two of the main series games that I never got a chance to play. So a Nemesis remake would be greatly appreciated. And you're right. Like I think. Games being developed by other studios after you've had a whole franchise by done in-house. Like when you look at one of my favorite franchises, I love Smash Brothers. And when they announced it was being developed by Namco in, compa- in companionship with you know Sora, the, guy, the guys who normally do it, I was like, oh, how's this going to work? Namco. Like, and it worked out fine. It worked out fine. It felt like Smash Brothers. And if you liked Smash Brothers, guess what? You got more Smash Brothers, and that was great. So... Resident Evil I, 3 being remade by an external studio with with good stewardship from Capcom is a recipe for success. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, if anything, I think another good example of this is the Borderlands games. Uh, after Borderlands 2 was made, they did that pre-sequel, which I heard a lot of really bad things mm-hmm. about, so I hesitated to buy. And it recently came on sale for like 10 bucks with all the DLC. And uh, I snagged it in a sale. And I will, won't lie. I don't love it as much as I love Borderlands 2. But it was made by their Australian house. And not by the primary studio. And it's still a great game. It's still good. Uh, it's still got some of the jokes and the humor I love. So if that's what we got from 2K, I can imagine that Capcom will be very similar. Right, and if this being released January 2020, do you feel like that bridges the gap and gives Resident Evil 8 another year of development or another two years of development? Oh, yeah, I don't think Capcom's going to rush us to 8. Yeah, because 8, if it came out January 2021, that'd be a great position for a launch window for the next generation of consoles. Well, not only that, but Capcom's got a lot of stuff in development right now. So... For them to push 8 out when it's not ready or rush development on 8 wouldn't make sense. I mean, we just got Devil May Cry 5, uh, and that's turning out to actually be a real success for them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to get a... I, 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 Capcom, I know, has, I think, two or three other titles in development. There's a rumor that we're going to see a new Mega Man game at the... Like a, a, a new updated Mega Man game at E3 this year. And if they're working on something like that, I don't think Resident Evil is going to be a rush, especially if this is planned for 2020. We're getting... Didn't we... We got Mega Man 11, right? So you're thinking like yes. a, a 3D Mega Man. They get, we're supposed to... There's rumor we're going to get a 3D Mega Man at this upcoming E3. Wow. That's interesting. Capcom seems to be on fire. I remember there was a time and age when people thought that Capcom would go under, but... Uh... They almost did, but yeah. I think they... I think they listen to their audience unlike some developers out there and have decided to follow what people are asking them for the customer is always right my friend the customer is always right speaking of which let's talk about a zombie series that both you and i are looking forward to the return of fear the walking dead will premiere on june early june i think it's june 5th i just watched the trailer and june 2nd june 2nd so early june june 2nd We've got our first look, the season five premiere official trailer. You and I both watched it. Now, you are stoked for this, so I want you to talk a bit about it. I want you to lead this because I'm just ecstatic that we're gonna get to talk about The Walking Dead and, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. So I wanna know. What do you think? Okay. 
So this, my gripe with right, this trailer, to preface this, has explained to me what I don't like about regular Walking Dead. Regular Walking Dead is never hopeful. They're never need. They're ne I never see the bright side of things. I never see that sun on the edge of the horizon that tomorrow will bring a better day. Walking Dead constantly seems to feel like it kicks you. And every time you think things are going to get better, they don't get better for an episode. They don't get better for five minutes. They don't get better for... for it literally is like, oh, in the same scene where you're hopeful, they go, oh, yeah, by the way, kick you while you're down. And this whole trailer, you see that there's bad things happening to our new heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, they may have come across some people that may be cannibals or are using the zombies as some kind of defense. But then you also see that they're trying to start a community. They're trying to rescue people. It looks like they've saved a bunch of children and they've set up some kind of school for them. And it looks like, and Morgan is constantly through the whole trailer being like, it's bad, but it could always be worse. It's bad, but we are saving people. Look at this. And that's not a message we're getting with regular Walking Dead. This thing had me clapping and dancing for the for the whole four minutes of the trailer. I, I, I you know, we see we're not. It's not hinting that half our crew is. We're not hearing about who's going to die this year on Fear the Walking Dead. I wouldn't be surprised if we go another whole season only losing one cast member. Well, the funny thing is, we're actually this trailer. Not only did it not kill or appear to put anyone in in grave danger. It actually introduced two characters thought dead or long gone. You've got Salazar, uh, yep. you know Salamander coming back, um, Daniel, and then you've also got Dwight showing up. And it's and it's a great moment where you get this tease of of what's happening. Where you know Dwight says Morgan, and then Morgan goes Dwight, and then he smiles really awkwardly because obviously the you know the when he left the savior battle was done. But Dwight was nowhere to be found, and Morgan left as well. So it's like, it, it'll be interesting to see how they bring those two together. But I'm, ex yeah, I'm excited for him to be back. I'm, I'm excited to see it, because when you see them together, you can tell that Morgan kind of wants to greet him. But he's looking around at the others like, yeah, it would be weird if I run over there and hug this guy with a burn face. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the vibe I get. Not that Morgan's like, oh no, trouble's coming. It's more of a... Wow, this is not somebody I ever thought I'd see again. This, uh, like, like, how do? What do I do? Like, it's not. I don't get the 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 like Rick and Negan meet out on the road, and Negan's now a good guy. What happens? I don't. That's not what I'm seeing here. What I'm seeing here is, oh, wow, my old life is crashing with my new life. I'm kind of excited, but. Do I show that excitement? You know, that's kind of what I see. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoy those returns and the fact that they, in the trailer, hinted those returns in in ways that you would expect the characters to interact. They don't, like, show them being buddy-buddy, but you see Daniel interacting with, uh, oh, what's his name? Gosh, it just left me. The, the slippery dude. The guy who's a, a con man. Oh, what's his name? Uh, man, I'm terrible with names. Um, it's I, well, as soon as someone suggests it, I'm gonna I'm gonna know who it was. But anyways, he's in, Daniel's interacting with that guy, and uh, it's the guy who talks too much. Yeah, what's his name? You confused me with all your rambling. I didn't even know who you were talking about. So Dan and then, by the time I realized who you were talking about, I went. Now he's taking his name out of my, my mind, too. <laughs> All right. Well, well anyways, Daniel's Hold talking. On. I'm, look I'm looking at it. Ooh. Give me a second. <laughs> That's the internet it's show. It's Strand. Oh, my God. Strand. Thank you. See, this is the problem with being away from this show for so long and The Walking Dead being so prominent that Strand, who is a very likable character... Anyways, Strand and Daniel he's, interacting again, it's hilarious. He's one of my favorite characters, and to see them interact, and the best part about this trailer is 
Daniel doesn't even look like he's going to shoot him. Daniel seems to be looking at him like, man, now that's a face I don't know if I should shoot or not. But, like, he's smiling in the video, and he's like, Stran, shut up. And you're like, you're like, everything about this trailer is hopeful. I, it's, this is not me watching the regular Walking Dead trailer and seeing the whispers show, show up and going like, okay, here comes the depression train. Yeah. Like it doesn't it does look like we will see some ups and downs. But it does not look like we're going to see the constant kicking kicking you while you're down that we get from the regular Walking Dead. Yeah. No, I I, I thought the trailer was really cool. It it alludes to drama coming out of interacting with other humans and not necessarily interacting with evil humans and we get a lot of zombie uh you know drama as well but there's no there's no overarching villain that they're introducing like oh this is the whisperer season oh this is the negan season it no this is the morgan trying to help people season and they come across dwight and there's a plane that crashes and it seems there's going to be a bit of a time jump between last season and this one but, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that big no i th- i would peg it at six months to a year like they'll skip the seasons i mean they're down south right so they wouldn't have to worry about winter like they're right. in texas right still uh no they're further east but they're still down south right so i think this looks really good i'm looking forward to it it sounds like we're going to talk about it you know uh every other week and we'll keep we'll keep up to date as best we can but there's even a great reference to jimbo the truckers are back like i mean i'm so excited for all these characters to be back and uh, I love I love the music. I love the little the little theme music they have for this. It's it's a nice addition to give Fear the Walking Dead its own theme. And yeah, uh, yeah I would imagine Lou before se- this season 5 premiere, June 2nd lines up with what uh Gimbal was saying on on some Talking Dead episodes previous just a couple weeks ago, um, I think it was the penultimate episode with the spikes. He was saying that there's going to be news and announcements soon, soon-ish. So I would imagine we would get some of those announcements prior to Fear the Walking Dead. Um, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. We'll see. But definitely at Comic Con uh, in July. So look forward to the return of Fear the Walking Dead. We'll be talking about it. It's going to be great. And let's move into more Walking Dead. Let's talk about Telltales and Skybound Games, The Walking Dead, final season, conclusion. I'm not going to go beat for beat. We're probably going to focus on the conclusion of this of this story, of Clementine's story. I've only played it. I'm the only one that's played it. Not in the whole universe, but Lou has not played it. You, last Walking Dead game, I think I, we... We picked up. We got halfway, we got halfway through three hmm. before it kept making me replay the whole game from the beginning. Yeah. Every time I played it, it made me start over from chapter one. And after I did that three times, I just wouldn't do it anymore. Hmm. Yeah. And that oh, was. And I also had a, I also had a graphical error in which the game turned to random geometric polygons. And kept wanting me to make decisions and move characters around without even being able to see them. Right. And that was when I gave up. Exactly. So yeah, we, we tr- we've we always tried to cover the Telltale games on on this show, and I think... I think we were pleasantly surprised to do the first two. Even when I disagreed with some of the choices in development with those games and the way they felt, or the story decisions they made... I still appreciated them for what they were. They just didn't make me feel like I needed to go back and replay them. I think we didn't start getting on the train of disliking them until the Michonne game came out. We did not enjoy that Michonne game. I think Michonne game was the one that broke broke the camel's back on this show. Um, me being a completionist and not being able to step away from, from small bite-sized experiences, because that's the beauty of Telltale games. You can enjoy a a three-hour experience every couple months and and i do dig that um just because i have less and less time to play games however it just it didn't make for great conversation because there was only one of us playing and season three while i liked what they were trying to do it still had its own issues um which is unfortunate because this fourth season this conclusion it's actually really good 
And I mean, even saying it's really good, and I'm not going to sit here and try to convince, you know, Lou and our listeners that it's really good. But I, I think it is a solid exit for Clementine. You're back playing as did, Clementine. Here's my question: mm-hmm. Did you enjoy it from episode one to the end of episode four? Did, was there any moment where you just went? Oh, here we go. They're going to do that telltale thing again. No, I I liked it. Um, explain the telltale thing again. Like you mean like a like choice, like poor choice. Where you looked at both the choices and neither choice was good, but they were both polar extremes of the opposite ends. Like I often looked at some of the choices in the telltale games and went, neither one of these are good, and I could see a middle ground here. Why can't I pick a middle ground choice? Yeah, it didn't. Why do I have? Why do I either have to blow this guy up or shoot this other person in the face? Why can't I just walk away? The choices felt more granular um, in that you weren't picking binary things. Uh, There might have been some, you know, some differences in stories as you like go with this person to do this thing or go with the other person to do that thing. But you never felt like, oh, I didn't go with that guy, so the other guy, you know, he died and the other guy I was with was fine. Um, you form relationships. So Clementine and AJ, AJ being the small child that was born in season two, taken away from you in season three, and then you get him back, uh, sometime between three and four. And your relationship with these new characters that you come across, that's the progression in that depending on who you spend the most time with, that character will, will, you will progress further with that character. So for example, I went on a mission with, I'm again terrible at names, but one of the one of the female students. So you're at a school. You uh, it's a boarding school. So there's a bunch of kids. There's no teachers, and it's kind of a Lord of the Flies situation as all these kids have banded together to survive, and they're doing quite well. As is Walking Dead tradition, Lou. They're doing quite well. Can you imagine what happens in the first everything, episode? Yeah, everything goes wrong when adults show up and start messing with them. Exactly. And you want to know what, who one of those adults was, Lou? It was a returning character from season one that stepped away off screen and you never saw again. It was Lydia. Oh, Lydia. So Lydia. Remind me who, remind me who Lydia was. So Lydia is the uh, female character in the first season whose father is a bit of a hard ass. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, shoots, okay. she ends up shooting someone in the first season and you basically leave her on the side of a road. Yeah, and that's where she leaves. Now she comes back in in episode one of this season, and now I'm trying to remember. Screws everything up again. Well, so here's the story. Uh, the, The basic idea is that at the end of the first episode, you find out that the leader kid has been trading his friends to this this group in exchange for that group leaving them alone. So instead of paying protection, they're they're being blackmailed uh, by this other group. And they're, they're giving kids away to this group so that group doesn't attack them, you know? And you don't really okay, know but, okay, what that means. Okay, but how many kids are in this boarding school? Um, I'd peg it at about 10. It's not a, it's not a, they're not a huge amount of kids. They, they can't, then it's a really bad decision. They shouldn't be giving up that many people every time somebody's coming demanding. They're going to run out of people really quick. Well, you know what happens when one person makes a decision, Lou, in the apocalypse? Everybody pays for it. <laughs> So that kid, basically, he was thought he was protecting everybody else by by giving these kids away. And, it, you know, they don't really explain why in that first episode. But then in the second episode, you find it's because Lydia and her group and I think Lydia shows up actually in the second episode. Lydia and her group are taking these kids and training them as soldiers. So the kids are a resource that they're using to fight a war back home. They don't allude to what that war is or where it is. They're called the Delta, completely unrelated to anything from the comics or the TV show. So it's this new group. Lydia just happens to be a familiar face, which does play into the dynamic uh, with with Clementine. And I I mean, Uh, it was new. It was different. Is she happy to see Clementine or is she upset to see Clementine? It depends on how you react to her. if you react kind of like, hey, I remember you, like we used to be family, you can kind of play that card and she does, you know, soften up a bit. But you can you can remember that she was a bad person and, and you can kind of twist the knife a little bit in which she will react poorly to that, right? But but at the end yeah. of the day, it's not about wild and different different choices. It's about 
granule choices. So you acting familiar causes her to, you know, let her guard down a little bit. It doesn't change anything crazy, but that's the beauty of, I think, this episode and these four episodes. How many episodes before Clementine slits her throat and leaves her to die? Leaves Lydia to die? Yeah. So that's another interesting point. At the end of episode three, you have a choice. So I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but they actually introduced the Whispers in the Walking Dead final season, but not in the way you're, you'd expect from the TV show. So from the TV you show... You would discuss this with me, I think, off air. Yeah, yeah, I did. So there's a character that shows up. His name is James. He's basically a wanderer. He left the Whispers because they had started a conflict he didn't agree with, which is alluding to the Whisper War, right? And yeah. James is a good Whisperer. He basically helps Clementine in the group to try to get their friends back because Lydia storms the school and and uh, they end, you end up defending successfully, but they still make away with a couple kids that you want to go and save. Um, yeah. And James saved you because you got caught in the woods. And, and, you know, there's some great development there. This character was really cool. Um, push comes to shove. You go to the boat to try it. They're, they're on a big giant boat, steamboat, whatever. It's not important. Yeah. To try to save your friends. And James is helping you because he said, well, we can use the herd as a weapon. James is reluctant because he he sees the whispers as these people who are still alive, um, in yeah. a, but in a different way, which kind of explains some of the the thought process behind the way the whispers work that you don't get in the TV show. Um, it, or in, I don't know about the comics, but in the TV show, you kind of feel like the whispers use the zombies as a tool and a weapon as opposed to having some spiritual connection to them. Um, but James explains sort of a spiritual connection to the walkers, which felt very believable. You felt like James truly believed that in the game. Yeah. And, and as Clementine, again, you have not wild and different choices, but based on your dialogue, you can agree with James and say, I see where you're coming from. You can completely disagree with him and you can be indifferent to be like, Hey, you do you, boo. You know, like there, yeah. there are granular responses to this very wild and wacky thought process, which is the whispers. Um, but yeah, and then and then at the end of episode three, you are given a choice where you go to rescue your friends, the boat's exploding around you, and you basically have a choice which will impact AJ forever. AJ has a gun, AJ being the little kid, and Lydia is about to attack James and or attack the group and you have the gun on lydia and you say you have a choice you can tell aj to shoot lydia or you can tell aj to put the gun down james is pleading for you to convince aj to put the gun down and and not become um you know not to kill again so you have that choice and i thought like okay i know what's gonna happen is but aj as a as a young child is worth preserving you know his innocence as long you know as best you can right He's already he already murdered someone on the first episode. So again, like he's already killed someone in in like quote unquote self defense. Right. But I asked him to put the gun down, and what that does is basically you put the gun down, and Lydia just straight up murders James in front of you, which pretty devastating because he was like a cool new character that I that I really liked. Um, and you know that if you made that choice, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. AJ would have missed, and James would have still died. No, actually. If really? You, if you ch- if you told AJ to shoot, he would have killed Lydia. Really? That surprises me. But then again, they don't have to worry about making sequels to this. No. So they can finalize decisions. Yeah. Something they couldn't do in the past. Because in, in episode four, basically, Lydia just... She has her discussion with you as she's floating away. She escapes. So she kills James. You want to kill her. You have a screaming match back and forth. And she just floats out onto the distance. So she doesn't stick around very long. And that's the last you see of of the Delta. They are no longer in conflict with you. And uh, let's like, there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in this game. And there's a lot of great moments. But let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about the conclusion. And, and I want to get your, your thoughts on this. So essentially what happens is you have this conflict with one of the children who had been working with the Delta, who had been converted, and she's very messed up. You last see her basically being eaten alive, and you think, well, she's done. And she then shows up again 
walking with this herd and she's got bites all over and she's still alive. And her thought process is she wants to convince her brother to come with her and die and be together with with their other sister in in the afterlife, basically. And and she's basically convincing like an eight year old kid to commit suicide, which is pretty fucking dark. Um, yeah. And and in that but, moment, yeah, go ahead. But it is typical Walking Dead traditional fashion, mm-hmm. not fear Walking Dead. It's regular Walking Dead fashion. Yeah. We're gonna approach this dark, dark subject that makes no sense. But go ahead. Yeah. No. And and the kid is unfortunately kind of wooed by by his sister who he hasn't seen in a long time um and you you end up and this is an interesting part where basically there is a side conversation where you you talk to aj and aj says i need the freedom to make my own choices he asks he says to clementine do you trust me can i make my own decisions am i old enough to make my own decisions and i said yes you're old enough to make your own decisions um it's it's up to you i'm not going to tell you what to do you do it and then there's this moment where tennessee the the younger brother is trying it refuses to cross the bridge he wants to go to his sister his sister needs him la 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 la. and um there's this moment where your your character one i had formed a, a romantic relationship with this other female student who i had gone with so you can form relation clementine can form a relationship with other students in the school and mm-hmm. uh so basically i think there's an option between uh you can have clementine fall for uh, a guy or a girl it you it's up to you as, as a as a choice um and i ended up just spending more time with this other character because she just seemed more interesting i didn't know it was going to lead somewhere <laughs> romantic but it did it is the apocalypse after all um and basically she's like trying to get tennessee to cross the bridge and Tennessee's refusing to move and the herd is coming and zombies are coming and AJ's the one with the gun. So I'm sitting there and I don't, I can't make a choice because I already told him to make his own decisions and ten, and you know, AJ shoots Tennessee in, in the, in the neck basically takes him out so that the character that, that Clementine has fallen in love with can actually cross the bridge unimpeded because she's been trying to pull Tennessee away from these zombies so it was kind of a dark moment where AJ shot someone who was alive. So that it was um, very similar in The Walking Dead where uh, Rick killed that little kid that was holding... Or no, he killed the... It was in Alexandria as they were trying to cross and the zombies were eating uh, the, his new love interest, right? Do you remember that yeah. moment? Yep, yep. Very similar to that. But in, in the crossfire as they're trying to escape, they get surrounded and Clementine gets bit on the foot uh there was a moment where clementine's boot gets ripped open by an axe and she has a bit of a gnarly wound on her foot so she's limping she's rather slow and as she's climbing the zombies get a hold of her and she, she gets bit on the foot which uh yeah she gets bit of course she does yeah i assumed she was going to die by the end of this yeah so she gets that's bit. the way all walking dead ends by killing off your hero yeah Yep. So she gets bit. She goes down, uh, and basically, you are now this limping character as you walk. You find you you find cover in James's barn. Uh, Clementine's going down quick. She's getting you know the fever look. She's she's dazed. She's kind of limping, and then it transitions from you controlling Clementine to alternating between you controlling AJ and you being clementine telling aj kind of what to do like guiding him uh basically saying like close the barn doors get this get that and then shoot me uh well we're getting to that so basically clementine has the gun she's using it to cover aj they run out of bullets aj's got a giant axe he ends up closing all the barn doors the only way out of the barn to get back home is to climb into the loft and obviously clementine's not doing that so flash to the moment where you're you're controlling clementine you're saying you're you're instructing aj you're going through the rules what are the rules aj and and you go through them and the last rule is what do you do if i get bit you shoot me in the head you take me out no more bullets he's got an axe and there's this touching moment between the two characters it's basically like an adoptive mother asking his her adoptive son to to take an axe to her head 
is essentially yeah. the scene that's playing out. It really sucks, especially when you've been with Clementine for six, seven years. She's a beloved Walking Dead character. And he brings the axe up and he brings it down, cut to black, and the scene continues and AJ is back at the school and he's fishing and um, there's this touching moment where uh, AJ is trying to... Uh, font, he sees Clementine's hat as it's coming down this this river. So she lost her hat into the river while they were crossing the bridge. So you, it is alluded to that this takes place shortly after, maybe a day or two. And he tries to fish it out, and he ends up getting it. I think I missed it three times, and then the dog grabbed it, which was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so it's a good thing I had a relationship with the dog. So then you go back to the school and you're going through the school and you see that all, all my friends are back here. They're alive. Everyone's happy. It's a happy ending, you know, uh, except for the fact that obviously Clementine is nowhere to be found until you get to the steps when you realize that Clementine is still alive. AJ did not kill Clementine. He, <laughs> he amputated her foot. Um, you see her without a foot and that is how she survives. Um, and I wonder, personally, I don't, I don't see it as a capo because I really like. I Clementine. don't either. I think, I think that that's the best way they could end it. Mm -hmm. Is they make you think that the hero is gonna die and then she doesn't. I think that's the best way they could have ended it. Yeah, and it is the conclusion to her story in the sense that she is officially, be officially benched. You know, she has no foot. Um, I mean, we all saw what happened to Herschel, right? Like he, he basically yeah, gets but, benched. Yeah, but you can make a you can make a uh, uh, you can make a a foot easier than you can make a leg. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, like in the sense that they cut it off, like she's got she's she's she has her knee, but it's kind of like halfway past the shin. So, like, that, still, that yeah, that's very feasible to make a make a. Uh, 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 a uh, uh, prosthetic yeah and then you know they do have a conversation about how aj says i'm gonna find the foot book and i'm gonna make you a foot so there is that yeah. bit of a joke there where where they're gonna do that but you know i felt like it was very it, it, i mean you know the prospect of amputating as soon as they're a bite is a bite it works when the story serves it it doesn't work when they're looking for drama i get that it's a very unspecific science uh, you could chop it down to the fact that Clementine, it was a small bite. Uh, the fact that the bite was on an open wound and it didn't look like a, like a crunch. It looked more like an impression bite. So maybe the infection travels slower, uh, but there was an open wound. Whatever, so... I'll, I will take it. Yeah, like again. Because, like, it's ending, because it's ending on an optimistic note. It ends on an not, optimistic note. Which is not something that... Well, I think after the second season, that was the thing that annoyed the crap out of me. After the second season, it never feels optimistic, especially at the end of every episode. And this feels like they went, you know what? We're going to end on a happy note. We're going to end on a high note. We're going to just... We're going to make this something people walk away with and they don't go, oh, that was depressing. Because if you told me Clementine was dead and AJ moved on, I'd be like, that's good. Don't care. AJ's dead. AJ's dead in six months. I don't care. And that would have been my point of view. Is I'm not invested in AJ as a character. No, you know it's very I mean? hard to I'm be invested in him. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm invested in Clementine. So the fact that she lives makes the story worth telling. Because if you go through four games and then kill your main character at the end of the four games, then, you're, then your four games mean nothing. Yeah, and this is unlike the Rick departure in The Walking Dead in the sense that, you know, Clementine and AJ are still together. Like, Rick is removed from his family, which is almost as depressing as him dying, you know, to me, anyways. But when you look at the Walking Dead Telltale game, the way they've finished it off, you're right. It's very optimistic. They've returned to the school. They still have their home. They've been reunited with their friends. Dark things happened. A lot of pe people died. People were killed. There was some dark shit. But at the end of the day, like, Clementine and AJ are together, and there's a very touching reunion to that and it doesn't just kind of fade to black as soon as you realize she's alive there's a back and forth and it's really touching i thought you know so mm -hmm. yeah it and it's interesting you know the progression the way you raise aj the way you interact with him the stuff he sees you do he references that in your conversations 
while you're deliberating about, you know, killing her while you're, you know, having conversations after the fact. And when you control AJ, his dialogue choices differ in that you don't see dialogue choices. You see his thought process and then you can click which which option it is. And I'm pretty sure, the, sure those are surfaced from the fact that the way you interacted with him as Clementine. So, like, there's a bit of dynamicness to them or at least an appearance of that. Um, mm-hmm. Again, very gran- granular. Nothing, you know, binary in this game. Like, it's not black or white. It's all, like, little miniature changes. I much prefer that. I don't like the illusion of choice. I I like guiding the game in my in my own personal way. I don't need there to be different endings. Well, that was my that was my other thing that bothered me with the later half of 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 season 2 and and all of season 3 is I would make a choice and then it would make me replay the game mm-hmm. because of a glitch. So I would go, "Okay, I'm going to make a different choice." And honestly, whenever it would pop up with those 50-50 choices, you've got 30 seconds. It really didn't matter which choice I made. The same thing happened either way. So it it wasn't just an illusion of a choice. It was make a choice, but it didn't matter at all. And they didn't even try and hide it. It didn't make... There were some of those choices that were literally like, yep, all you're going to do by making this choice is make the character that wants to kill you want to kill you more but if you make the other choice they still want to kill you they just don't want to kill you as bad mm-hmm. and it was like that's not a choice yeah no there, there this one obviously you know still has choice I, like i mentioned at the end of episode three it's a very it's a very binary choice but the impact of that choice can be felt in the way you're basically reinforcing aj being a cold-blooded killer because Lydia was defenseless. No, she just happened to get a gun. Or not a gun, she used a knife to, to, to kill James, right? From behind. You gave her a chance, thinking, okay, she's she's cornered. She She's defenseless. Let her go, you know? Even though she is the bad guy, but you, you know her from your past. And I, I really liked this episode. It, I was worried about the four-episode, you know, time frame, but, like, it was, it was tight. And I think that was important, you know? Um, yeah. Now the question becomes: What does Skybound Games do next? Do they do another Walking Dead game in the Telltale uh, formula with new characters? Do do does Skybound Games go back to what it was before and just it's a licensing shop and they they let all these developers go again? God, I hope that isn't what happens. I don't want to read a story about you know this good news story about bringing these developers back and then suddenly just kicking them a curb because they finished it. That would be super depressing. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I I have a funny feeling that's what we're going to get Ugh. because they bought the they they brought on that staff to finish the game, but it doesn't sound like they own the rights to all the other stuff that Telltale was developing or worked on. So I don't think any of those projects are going to be in the works. I still don't think we're going to see a uh, what was the fairy tale one, the fables. Oh, Wolf Among Us. I don't think we see a Wolf Among Us sequel, which makes me mad because I loved that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I'm not I, suggesting I, I, that that Skybound Games would make more Telltale games. I, I'm asking, do you think Skybound Games will make more Walking Dead games? No. Yeah. No, I don't think so at all. Um, I think that. Uh, I think Skybound Games goes on and makes other things, but I think that I think the jig is up with regular Walking Dead. I think that I think there's too much hype, there's too much going on, and I think they may that that Skybound itself may see that where AMC does not. Okay. Well, we will have to see. Um, I, I will and, see. and one of the reasons I say that is if you see hear Robert Kirkman talking about stuff, he's not talking about Walking Dead as much as he used to. And he's not hyping about the show as much as he used to. He seems to be talking about other projects, other things that are going on. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Kirkman's got lots going on. I mean, it's not, it's not only Walking Dead for him anymore, right? He's got... Uh... 
He's got what? He's got a he's there's, got an Amazon an, show. There's a, they're making Invincible into an animated, um, uh, into an animated series with lots of voice actors. In fact, I think what's his name that played uh, that, that played uh, 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 Glenn is in is one of the voices in that as well. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, I'm curious to see what they do. I don't think we'll get news anytime soon. But again, like unless like the game is done, it's out. So if they're going to lay them off, I would imagine we'd hear about that sooner rather than later. If we don't, I think it's safe to assume they're working on another project, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it would be news if they let them go. Like that would be after what happened at oh, Telltale. It would, I, I don't know if they've got – I don't know if uh, – I don't know if they are, have let them go. They're probably using them to finish some other projects. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we're. I don't know if they're going to keep them. You know, uh, we talked about this pre-show off the mic. I'm not a huge fan of Epic Games. I think Epic Games does a lot of things because they're just trying to throw throw their money around and try and make themselves look good but for every good choice they make i see two they make bad i really wouldn't be surprised if they'd let these people go now and try to keep it on the uh, on the down low and hush hush uh well this is an epic games this is skybound skybound but the epic is the one that brought that team back that funded that whole game i don't know if skybound can afford them without epic's help yeah and I don't want to see Skybound uh, 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 owe Epic anything, because I think that that would end badly. Well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I will. We'll certainly keep our ears to the ground. If we have any news, we'll certainly share it. But, Lou, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Zombies Ate My Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining in, discussing Walking Dead and all the fun news that we've had. It's been a busy week, but we will return in two weeks to talk about the conclusion to Season 9 of The Walking Dead. And if you want to discuss those topics, you can go to our Zamp Discord at bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. I want to thank our lovely, loyal patrons at patreon.com slash Zombies Ate My Podcast. You can directly support the show there by going to that link. Check out our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. And don't forget to check out Joel Duggan for all of the artwork that you see in our album art. Good old Joel Duggan at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast. Lou, let us know what we should do. We, You should watch uh, The Dead Don't Die, because I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah, buddy.